0: Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Kia Ora. Today, we will focus on the findings of our recent study that evaluated the application of low-cost perceptual countermeasure treatments used to improve driver behavior and uh, reduce crash risks in tunnels. Uh, More than 200 people are registered for today's session. Uh, Thank you for your interest and welcome to you all. My name is Ekaterina, I'm a Communications Officer at Austroads and I will be moderating today's session together with Jeff McKernan who will moderate the Q&A at the end of the webinar. First of all, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect to all this past, present and emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the original people of New Zealand. A little bit about Austroads. we are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies and our focus is to support our member organisations to deliver an improved road transport network. This project uh, was delivered under the Transport Infrastructure Programme, which is managed by Ross Gapi. A little bit of housekeeping. Um, Our presenters will speak for about 40 minutes and then we will have a Q&A session for 15 minutes. Uh, The report and the slides for today can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar which you will find on the right hand side of your screen. The slides can be downloaded as a PowerPoint presentation so you can watch the embedded videos or if you prefer a smaller file uh, there's also a PDF version available. To send us your questions for the Q&A, please use the questions icon on your sidebar. Um, If your question relates to any particular slide, uh, include the number of that slide in your message to help us answer your question as best as we can. Um, Also, uh, let us know if you're experiencing any technical problems, but just a quick tip, if you lose sound, or your picture freezes, uh, the issue is most likely with your connection. So, closing your browser and rejoining the session via your email registration usually helps. This session has been recorded, and we will let you know when uh, the recording is available on our website. If you listen to podcasts, uh, you can also find Ostrodes in your podcast app. So in today's webinar, uh, we will talk about the research activities undertaken during the study. Uh, You will hear about the outcomes of the literature review and stakeholder consultation. Uh, We will also cover the details of the virtual reality driving simulator experiment and discuss the opportunities for future research. Um, so we have four presenters uh, for today, Professor Michael Reagan, uh, Julius uh, Dr Prasanna Prabhakaran and uh, Mitchell Cunningham. Uh, professor Michael Reagan is an Emeritus Professor with the University of New South Wales uh, Research Centre for Integrated Transport Innovation. Uh, he has 25 years experience in transportation, human factors and road safety research in Australia. Europe uh, and the US. Julius uh, Sekediningrad is a researcher at the research centre, where he manages uh, the Travel Choice Simulation Laboratory, one of the largest uh, multimodal and multi-user transport simulation facilities in Australia. Um, Dr. Prasanna Prabhakaran is a casual academic at the Research Centre and a Senior uh, Data Analyst at Transport for New South Wales. He has more than 14 uh, years experience in the field of um, applied psychology, specifically in transportation, human factors uh, and road safety. And Mitchell Cunningham is a casual uh, research assistant with the Research Centre and is currently uh, completing his PhD at the University of Sydney. Mitchell has specialist extensive experience in the implementation of a range uh, of experimental and non-experimental research methods uh, and analysis of psychological and behavioural data. Um, So welcome to all our presenters um, and over to you, Michael.
1: Well, thank you very much, Katarina, and uh, welcome everyone. Um, Next slide, please, Julius. Uh, So I'd like to start off just by thanking all of the members of this um, Project team, the Oscodes uh, Working Group, um, uh, Jeff McKernan, uh, who's the uh, project manager for this project, um, and Bob Allen, uh, as well as my colleagues at uh, UNSW and uh, the Australian Catholic uh, University. Uh, next slide, please join us. Uh, road tunnels, um, as many of you would know, are uh, um, uh, major pieces of infrastructure, are very expensive. Um, and they're going to, they're going to be more of them in the future. Uh, they're going to be longer and um, an increasing number. Um, they're relatively safe compared to surface roads, but um, uh, crashes do occur on them, um, and when they do occur, they can be uh, catastrophic. Uh, next slide, please. Perceptual uh, countermeasures or, or PCMs um, are relatively uh, low-cost uh, road treatments. Um, and they're quite clever in the way they, they can manipulate um, the road scene presented to a driver uh, or a rider, and they can change the way that uh, the rider perceives the road environment in front of them. Um, and by doing that, they can um, change the uh, behavior of the driver or the rider. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with um, uh, patterns uh, painted on the road surface that uh, sort of induce uh, the illusion that you're traveling Much faster than you actually are. Um, You often see these uh, in the lead-up to uh, roundabouts, Um, and so in doing so, they have the effect of uh, slowing you down, and and that's what the traffic engineers, um, you know, trying to do. Uh, Next slide, please. So, as you can see on this slide, there are all sorts of um, PCMs, and going from uh, top left, they include um, painted road markings. Uh, wall markings um, of the kind that we actually evaluated in our study Uh, rumble strips um, which we also evaluated in our study Uh, delineation markers um, in the bottom left Uh, pacemaker lighting which we also evaluated in this study Um, and physical markers that you can see um, in the bottom right Uh, next slide please Uh, there is evidence that the use of um, uh, PCM treatments uh, can actually um, change behaviour and in fact encourage uh, safe driving behaviours um, and improve um, uh, safety on surface roads, but there are very few studies uh, that have evaluated the effectiveness of, of any of these PCMs um, in actual simulated uh, tunnels. Uh, so it's a really a, new, a, a relatively new area of exploration. Uh, next slide, please. So, in short, the purpose um, of this study was to um, evaluate uh, some low-cost uh, perceptual countermeasure treatments in a, in a simulated low tunnel. Uh, we evaluated three, which we'll talk about, I uh, mentioned before. Um, and to determine their potential benefits in um, improving uh, speed behaviour and lane discipline um, within the tunnel environment. Uh, Austroids uh, also wanted us to uh, detect any possible adverse uh, unintended uh, consequences of the treatment in the virtual environment,
2: uh,
1: and so we did that too. Uh, Next slide, please. Um, There were two main activities uh, that um, were conducted as part of the study. Uh, Activity one um, was a comprehensive uh, literature review and uh, consultation with stakeholders that included um, the AusCode's uh, working group members. Um, and activity two was the actual um, experiment that we ran um, in the virtual environment. And um, we'll talk about that um, in a moment. So uh, at this stage, next slide, please. I'll hand over to um, Mitch Cunningham and uh, Dr. Pabakaran to uh, take us uh, forward. Thanks, guys
3: Yeah, thanks very much, Mike. So the first research activity we're going to speak about this afternoon is our literature review and stakeholder stakeholder consultations. Next slide, please, Julius. So research activity one involved a literature review with four overall aims. Uh, Julius, could you go back one slide, please? Great. So, our literature review had four overall aims. One was to understand what PCM treatments have been designed previously for use in general traffic environments and specifically in tunnels and their intended purposes. Secondly, to determine whether these PCM treatments have been trialed and evaluated and whether they have been effective in achieving their purposes. Third, to determine the advantages and disadvantages of um, these treatments in terms of their effectiveness, their ease of implementation, their cost, their maintenance, and applicability to tunnel environments. And lastly, to recommend PCM treatments to be trialed in our research activity two, which was our simulated driving experiment. Next slide, please. And so, through our literature review, um, we identified 39 potential PCMs. 33 of these were found to have a positive impact on driving performance, namely on driver speed uh, and or lane keeping performance. And as shown here, and Mike alluded to before, um, the PCM, some of the PCMs that we identified included painted road markings, um, wall markings, rumble strips, delineation markings, lighting, physical markers, and a combination of these PCM treatments as mentioned earlier. Next, Next
2: slide,
4: please, Julius. Thanks, Mitch. So um, in addition to the literature review, we also wanted to um, get a bit more of a real world understanding about how these PCMs might work. And so we uh, did a qualitative piece where we aimed to understand from tunnel and traffic engineers um, what, what some of the real world implications might be of these PCMs in a tunnel environment. And you can see the four dimensions that we assessed there. So we looked at um, cost of implementation, degree of maintenance that might be required, um, how applicable the, um, the PCMs would be in a tunnel environment and ease of implementation. And we asked um, each of these experts to provide uh, a scale from low to high or easy to hard in terms of um, these four dimensions. In addition to that, we also wanted to get um, a bit more qualitative understanding about what some of the unintended consequences might be. and And so with these two pieces, with the literature review as well as the stakeholder consultation, we really got a kind of a full view about how these PCMs might actually be implemented in the real world. Next slide, please. So at the conclusion of research activity one, uh, combined with the literature review and the stakeholder consultation information combined, uh, the project team uh, came to the recommendation, came to recommending These three PCMs to be trialed for the uh, simulated uh, research activity two the simulation. So the first one is the striped wall pattern. Um, The second one you can see is the pacemaker lighting, and both of these two treatments uh, were designed to assess uh, were designed uh, uh, were implemented to assess speed maintenance. And you can see the last uh, the last PCM was rumble strips, both on the edge line as well as the center line and that was uh, to assess its efficacy again in
2: lane position. Thanks, Julius. Uh, thanks, Rosanna. Uh, next slide, please, Julius.
1: Um, so, Research Activity 2 um, was designed to answer the, the following uh, research question specifically. Uh, Does the application of the PCM treatments, you've heard about, have any impact on drivers' speed? Uh, Do they uh, have any impact on drivers' uh, lateral control? And uh, what are drivers' uh, opinions of the uh, proposed PCM treatments? Uh, Next slide, please, Julius. Um, So what you're seeing now is video footage of uh, a drive through um, one of the tunnels. they were implemented in a 3D environment, uh, as you can see there, uh, based on the Sydney Harbour Tunnel design and geometry. So it's just like driving through the Sydney Harbour Tunnel. Um, they were uh, implemented um, in our driving simulator at the what we call a TRAX lab facility um, at our research centre at uh, UNSW. Um, and the PCMs themselves were implemented in um, quite specific locations uh, inside the tunnel and that point's uh, actually a very important one for later in the in the talk Um, and they're implemented in locations where people uh, needed to speed up uh, to maintain um, uh, an optimum speed desired by the uh, tunnel operator Um, and then secondly to improve uh, lane keeping at uh, some um, uh, critical locations with known uh, Crash histories.
2: Um, and I think I'll stop it there. And next slide, please. Um, and it's over to you now, I think, Mitch.
3: Yeah, thank, thanks, Mark. So in terms of our experimental design, we had 104 participants take part in total. The experiment was a within-subjects study design where each participant was randomly assigned to one of three PCM conditions. As shown here on the slides either the painted stripes wall pattern or the pacemaker lighting or the rumble strips and within each of these conditions a participant drove in a tunnel with the PCM activated so this is where this was a treatment drive where the PCM was present and a drive without the PCM activated or present and this was a baseline drive so for instance if a participant was randomly assigned to PCM1 the painted stripe wall patterns The participant drove in a tunnel with the painted wall stripe wall patterns present and another tunnel without the painted wall stripes uh, present as well. So over to you, Julius.
5: Thank you, Mitch. Now I will take you through the three PCMs that we modeled in the driving simulator environment. The first PCM is painted stripe wall pattern. This PCM is modeled as black and white stripes on the tunnel walls with two possible configurations, thin to white or white to thin stripes. The thin to white stripes, as we implemented in the study and shown on the video in the slides, give the impression of slowing down and thus encourage driver to speed up. The second PCM that we modeled in our simulator is the pacemaker lighting. As explained by Persona in previous slides, the pacemaker lighting is an emerging technology that makes use of the photo axis principle that encourages drivers to maintain their speeds. As you can see on the video in the slides, this PCM is set up as blue LED lights that we place next to the tunnel walls, and they are sequentially lights up at the rate corresponding to the desired traffic speed. This implementation is modeled after a similar system in a real Japanese tunnel. Before moving on to the third PCM, I will show the locations for the two PCMs that I described earlier. The two PCMs were installed at specific locations inside the tunnel, as indicated by the green arrows on the picture. Based on the feedback that we received from the Sydney Harbour Tunnel operators, these are the locations where underspeeding are commonly detected, mainly at bends and at sections with significant uphill grid. The third and last PCM is the rumble strips, which we installed on both the edge and lane lines throughout the whole tunnel length to improve the driver's lane discipline. Audio feedback and vibrations were simulated through a haptic feedback motor that we installed on the simulator rig. This slide shows the Tracklab virtual reality driving simulator setup that we use in the study. These are the components for the simulator. We use a steering wheel with force feedback motor, a hydraulic pedal set and a VR headset with eye tracking capability. For the software, we use an in-house simulator platform that we develop here at RCT. For the participant vehicle, we use an exterior and interior model from a Toyota RAV4, a popular SUV model in Australia with large windows so that participants can fully appreciate the design of the tunnel. Next, Prasanna, we'll take you through the subjective questionnaires that we use. So over to you, Prasanna.
4: Thanks, Julius. So, yeah, as Julius mentioned, we had a number of um, self-reported instruments that we used. And I'll run through in the next slide um, how that ran through in the actual experimental procedure. But just to run you through these instruments. So the first one was what we called the drive questionnaire. And this was conducted after each one of the, um, both the treated drive as well as the baseline drive. And this was really um, in order to be able to collect information about the driver's perceptions, their feelings, their state and um, how they felt their performance uh, was during each of the drives. And we could use both of the baseline and the treated um, drive questionnaires to look at a comparative um, difference to see if there was any impact of the treatment drive. We also had a simulator sickness questionnaire. Naturally, with a virtual reality environment, uh, there is a susceptibility to simulator sickness given that you've got apparent motion without any physiological motion. Um, And so we wanted to assess uh, this more from an uh, an ethics perspective to ensure that our participants were well looked after. At the conclusion of the study, we had a post study questionnaire where we asked um, participants about the design intent. uh, So what they thought each of the PCMs were um, designed to do, as well as um, how they, they felt about each of the treatments. Next slide, please. So this is um, this is the questionnaires that these are the questions that were asked uh, in the drive questionnaire, and I won't go through all of the dimensions, but just at a high level, we wanted to ask participants how did they perceive the tunnel environments, and you can see those first few um, dimensions there in terms of comfort, attractiveness, memorability, such uh, things like that. Um, in addition to that, we asked them about um, how the tunnel made them feel. So to try and get some of those those, um, aspects of um, feelings about the tunnel environments. And and as I mentioned before, this is both for the baseline as well as the treatment drive. In addition to this, we also asked them about their their self-reported driving performance. So how did they feel in terms of safety and mental demand? Uh, In addition to, for each of these questions, there was also a free text box where we asked them to express any other Uh, perceptions, feelings, or or driving performance differences that they noticed um, while they did the drive. Next slide, please. So I'll just quickly run you through the experimental procedure, and you can see the flowchart on the the, uh, slideshow there. Uh, So we initially got written consent. Um, Following this, uh, each participant was assigned to one of three um, treatment groups. We then got uh, the participant into the simulator and calibrated them so fit the VR headset uh, appropriately, calibrated all the instruments. Once we were happy with that, we got participants to do a practice drive and this was um, the purpose of the practice drive was twofold. One was to uh, get them familiarised with a virtual reality environment because most people haven't experienced a virtual reality driving simulator before. But also was uh, for us to be able to gauge whether there was any incl- any um, uh, issues with motion sickness. Um, once a participant had completed the practice drive, uh, they went into the one of two simulated drives, <clears throat> and these were counterbalanced. So participants were randomly either assigned to a baseline drive or a treatment drive first. Once they did this drive, they um, They completed the drive questionnaires that we we spoke about previously. They were then given a short break where they were given um, uh, water and dry biscuits, uh, followed by the second drive, and that was either the treatment or the um, baseline drive. They did the same drive questionnaire afterwards, and then following that, they did the post-study questionnaire and were debriefed about the purpose of the study. Excellent, thanks. Okay so I'll just run you through um, some of the the high level findings from the the, uh, participants. As Mitch mentioned we did have 104 participants that took part in the study but unfortunately we had three participants that had to withdraw due to motion sickness so the total sample size was 101 participants. Um, You can see in the dot points following that that the vast majority of our participants only drove um, cars and they spent most of the time, most of the time when they drive in tunnel environments, they're driving a car or SUV. They primarily drove for uh, private purposes. And as again, as you can see in the dot points below, um, most participants had not been involved in an incident or a crash in a tunnel environment. Also in the table on the the slide, you can see that there was um, quite a wide range of participants. We didn't want to exclusively limit the, the, the sample uh, to, to kind of uh, younger age university students. We did have a wider range to make sure that it was representative of the population. Thanks. Okay, um, now Mitch and I will now go through the uh, results.
3: Great, next slide please, Julius. So thanks for Prasanna. So you'll recall that uh, each participant drove in a tunnel treated with one PCM and then another tunnel without this treatment, which was the baseline drive. And essentially what we did was uh, statistically compare metrics of driving performance between these treatment and baseline drives uh, for each PCM using a paired samples t-test. And we looked at a range of different driving performance metrics, including mean speed and standard deviation of speed. And so when I say standard deviation, meaning the, the variability of that metric, and we also looked at mean and standard deviation of acceleration and lane position, as you can see here, the metrics are just up on the slide. And we undertook these comparisons at 10 different sections or analysis zones within the tunnel to help pinpoint where these PCMs were likely to be having an impact on driving performance within the tunnel. Next slide, please, Julius. And so these are our analysis zones in the tunnel so if we start at the entrance to the at the right going northbound you'll see that there's four distinct zones along that northbound way and then an overall northbound section comprised of uh, the combination of these four northbound zones um, together and then when we're going back southbound so starting at the uh, on the left and going back southbound again there's four distinct southbound zones and then another zone where we've collapsed these four zones into one larger overall southbound zone. So 10 zones in total that we're we're interested in in looking at, and you'll see here that some of the zones are treated zones, so these are zones where the PCM would be present or activated, and other zones were control zones, so these were were zones where there was no PCM uh, present. Next slide, please, Julius. So let's touch on our results. So first looking at our driving data and mean speed, we found that the striped wall patterns and pacemaker lighting had no significant impact on mean speed in sections of the tunnel that they were uh, present. However, the rumble strips did and they significantly lowered mean speed in three zones in the tunnel, those being the northbound tunnel exit area or zone four, zone nine, the southbound tunnel breakdown bay treatment area and zone 10, the southbound tunnel uh, overall. Next please, Julius. We next looked at standard deviation of speeds. Remember, we're talking now about the variability in speed that that was exhibited by uh, drivers. And with the striped wall pattern and pacemaker lightings, these PCMs significantly increased the standard deviation of speed, each within one analysis zone, as noted on the slide. However, the rumble strips had no significant impact on the standard deviation of speed. Next, please, Joyce. Turning now to mean acceleration, we found that no PCM had a significant effect or impact on the mean acceleration of drivers in the tunnel. Next, please, Joyce. Uh, we're looking at mean standard deviation now, Joyce. Thank you. However, when we turn to the standard deviation of acceleration, so looking at now how much participants varied their acceleration during their drives, we did find a significant impact. And this was only for the striped wall patterns where this PCM significantly increased the standard deviation of acceleration in one treated zone within the tunnel. However, the pacemaker lighting and rumble strips had no significant impact here. Next slide please, Julius. Now turning to lane position data, Uh, we found that no PCM had a significant impact on mean lane position. So the PCMs didn't, not really having an effect, significant effect on how well participants tended to stay within their lanes during their drives. Next please, Julius. And again, this is reinforced um, when we look at the standard deviation or variability in lane position. um, No PCM significantly impacted this. So now I'm gonna hand it back over to Prasanna now to take you through some of the self-reported data analysis.
4: Thanks, Mitch. Um, So recall with the drive uh, questionnaire, we had a number of dimensions that we were looking at. And so when we uh, assist um, uh, participants' uh, self-reported driving performance, when you compare it to their baseline drive, we found that there was no difference. Participants felt no difference uh, in terms of safety or mental demand on any of the three PCMs. Next slide, please. When we looked at uh, self-reported perceptions, however, we did find a few significant results. So importantly, when we compared to baseline with the striped wall patterns, participants found it significantly more visually interesting and they found it significantly more attractive. With the pacemaker lighting, we found that participants found it significantly more memorable compared to a baseline drive. Next slide, please. In terms of driver states, uh, the only significance were found with the striped wall pattern PCM. And we found that participants thought that it was significantly less boring and they they said that they had less uh, sleepiness in the uh, treated drive compared to the baseline drive. Next slide, please. We also uh, wanted to understand what the what uh, participants thought were the intended purposes of each of the three um, PCMs. And whilst we've got some dot points that go through some of the, um, the feedback, the main part of what you focus on is the bold section down the bottom. You'll see that the vast majority of participants didn't correctly identify what the intended purpose was for the striped wall patterns, or for the pacemaker lighting but the vast majority of participants were able to identify what the purpose of the rumble strips were. Next slide, please. You also see that we asked uh, participants about uh, whether they felt that it changed their behaviour. And um, for the striped wall patterns, participants didn't, the majority of participants didn't report that it changed their driving behaviour. But for the pacemaker lighting and the rumble strips, participants did report that it changed their behaviour. And that's quite, um, uh, an interesting finding uh, considering the findings that Mitch was talking about in terms of the real-world performance. <clears throat> Next slide.
2: Thanks, Prasanna. Um, so
3: bringing it all together, you'll recall the overarching purpose of this study was to determine the potential benefits of the PCM treatments in improving driver speed behaviour and, and, and lane discipline while also detecting any possible adverse, unintended consequences of the treatments. So with this in mind, in summary, we'd like to highlight four points. Firstly, the PCMs did not improve driver speed behaviour and lane discipline in the direction that we predicted. Secondly, we did not find any unintended adverse consequences of the treatments, and that's either in the subjective data or driving performance data that we uh, acquired. Third, we found several positive benefits uh, from the PCMs stemming from the self-reported data that we collected and that Prasanna just uh, mentioned. And fourth, that we've thought carefully about the key reasons why the PCMs were, were perhaps not as effective as we originally thought they would be. So I'm going to hand over now to Mike to elaborate more on these four important discussion points. Thanks, Mike.
2: Great. Thanks. Thanks very much, Mitch. Um, next slide, please.
1: So we had to have a big think about uh, these findings and pattern of findings, because as Mitch said, um, in terms of the effect of the PCMs on uh, driving behavior, uh, we didn't find that they influenced uh, driving uh, performance in the way we had predicted. If we go back to the Manzer and Hancock uh, study, uh, which was uh, an earlier study in which they had uh, implemented a stripe wall pattern um, in a virtual tunnel in, and did actually find that it was effective in uh, changing uh, driver's speed depending on whether the stripe wall markings were getting thinner or thicker uh, through the tunnel. Uh, they implemented the uh, stripe wall pattern throughout the entire tunnel unlike ours uh, their tunnel was uh, dead straight had no curves or uh, any other uh, changes Uh, probably most significantly um, they also got drivers to turn off um, their speedometer or in fact their speedometer was turned off automatically Um, the drivers started off by uh, traveling at about 60 kilometers an hour into the tunnel and the experimenters basically said well try to maintain that speed as you go through the tunnel. Uh, But when they got into the tunnel, the speedo um, turned off. So they had to use the strike wall patterns to regulate uh, their speed and not their speedometer. And in fact, they didn't have to adhere either to to the road rules. Um, There was no speed limit uh, within the tunnel and there weren't any speed limit signs. So so what we're thinking is that the real world um, sort of design features of our study um, uh, compared to their earlier study, probably washed out um, the effects that they had, um, principally because um, you know people weren't distracted in any way. Um, uh, the speedometer was turned off, and um, the pattern was through the entire tunnel, and not selected parts of the tunnel. And proof of the fact that people were uh, you know adhering very closely to the speed limit is that we found that our drivers stayed within three kilometres of the posted speed limit throughout. Uh, The northbound and southbound tunnels. Uh, Next slide, please, uh, Julius. Um, So, in terms of pacemaker lighting, we asked ourselves, well, you know, why didn't we get the effect that we thought we'd get? Um, And then, looking back to an earlier study by Kato and colleagues in Japan, um, they had pacemaker lighting implemented um, in a real tunnel. Uh, The data was collected over uh, several months. And there were thousands of people who um, traveled through that tunnel. Um, It was implemented throughout the entire tunnel, uh, not just in different uh, segments of the tunnel. Uh, There was, of course, other traffic, um, and there would have been uh, the normal uh, distractions that you you would find um, in a rural tunnel. And uh, in our study, um, we think the absence of um, distractions, the fact there was very little other, other traffic, um, and indeed, the fact that the pacemaker lighting was implemented only in certain sections of the tunnel may have negated the um, the, um, the potential effectiveness of the treatment in influencing speed in our study compared to that previous study. Um, and again, um, with the pacemaker lighting, people stayed very close to the posted speed uh, Next slide, please. Um, we also asked why didn't the rumble strips influence driving performance as predicted? Um, I think probably the more important point here is that second point that, um, as, uh, unlike in the real uh, world um, on surface roads, um, and indeed in, in uh, tunnels, uh, we had no distractions in this study, that uh, particularly visual distractions that could have caused uh, drivers to uh, deviate from the lane. Uh, there was a very little other traffic um to uh to distract them and um and normally with you know rumble and people weren't fatigued um or sleepy as they might be in the real world where you find uh, particularly the benefits of the rumble steps um and what we found um was that lane keeping uh getting back to the first point was very good um in the untreated tunnel condition and the treated tunnel so there was actually very um a uh, little potential uh, for the treatment to have an effect. So um, so in, the, in this study, um, again, the absence of distractions, um, very little other traffic. And um, um, even though the rumble strips were implemented throughout the entire tunnel, we think may have negated uh, the potential effectiveness of the treatment. Um, and I have to say, we uh, designed this study uh, precisely this way, uh, because we wanted to exclude uh, in the study the potential confounding effects of some of these other things to see at the very you know basic, cleanest sort of level of implementation uh, what the effect of these countermeasures kind of would be. Uh, next slide, please. Um, as with uh, other studies, our study um, uh, has strengths and uh, uh, at least one limitation. Um, As I mentioned before, uh, we wanted to obtain the cleanest um, measure of impact of the PCMs. Um, The uh, simulated environment that we used, as you saw in the video, was a very high-fidelity environment, uh, which enhanced what we call the ecological validity of the simulation. Um, And probably the the only limitation we can see um, in the experiment was that we had to rely on convenient sampling, Uh, whoever we could get in order of appearance um, from our university population because of COVID-19. And so um, uh, we can't say that the uh, sample was entirely representative representative of, of the dog uh, population, even though uh, Pr- uh, Prasanna uh, did point out that we had a, a fairly reasonable range in age of, particip- of participants. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so in light of The issues I've talked about we did propose um, uh, in the Ostrodes report uh, which you all have uh, free and ready access to uh, a follow-on study Um, Ostrodes was more interested in pacemaker lighting rather than a follow-on study looking at the other uh, two PCMs Um, and particularly um, and we we recommended that uh, if we have a follow-on study looking at pacemaker lighting that we uh, explore it in the presence of uh, distraction uh, to divert uh, driver attention away from them um, you know, continually monitoring the speedo um, and also have a go at um, making speed, speedo information unavailable as in that earlier study uh, so that uh, drivers rely on, um, or have to rely solely on the, uh, the visual cues uh, provided by the pacemaker lighting in order to regulate their speed. Um, We would propose again that we only uh, look at this in selected treated sections of the uh, tunnel and uh, so if it still didn't work I suppose the follow-on study would be to look at the implementation of of these countermeasures throughout the entire tunnel Um, and um, in the proposed study we'd uh, we'd take the data that came out of um, these two conditions and compare that with the data obtained in the uh, pacemaker, pacemaker lighting drive in the present study, and um, um, you can uh, refer to the Australian reports for further details of the proposed study. Next slide, please.
2: So in conclusion, um,
1: we identified several uh, self-reported uh, positive impacts of at least two of the PCMs, um, the strike wall patterns and the uh, pacemaker lighting, uh, so it's a good thing. Um, None of the PCMs that we evaluated um, were perceived, at least by the people who drove through them, uh, to compromise their safety. Um, And we didn't see any evidence of compromised safety in the driving data. Uh, So there were no sort of unintended consequences um, of the kind that we talked about before. Um, But unfortunately, uh, the PCMs had little or no effect in um, encouraging drivers to maintain um, uh, speed or lane position in the simulated tunnel environment. Uh, we think, for the, the reasons that we spoke about before, and so as I uh, mentioned a minute ago, further research we we think would be warranted um, in conditions certainly where drivers rely less on uh, the vehicle speedometer and um, more on the PCMs themselves in regulating uh, vehicle
2: speed. Um, Next slide please uh, so that was a lot to take in and thank you for your attention um, and
1: i'd like at this stage to hand over to um, uh, jeff mckernan uh, who will uh, field questions and ask all of the other presenters if they could turn on their cameras
6: and um audio at this stage uh, thank you jeff yeah thanks mike um and thanks to all the presenters we've got a couple of questions um i've got one which i'll start off with and it concerns slide 48 um which is sort of the i thought the information that we got from the self-reporting data was very interesting but more importantly the uh, i suppose the lack of participants appreciation of the intended purpose That's probably a question to you mike as human behavior do you believe what we've got here is a true reflection of Of drivers in general and if so do you think we need to provide better education and information to drivers when we start implementing new technology and this has sort of come out of lane use signals as well it's been demonstrated there's a lack of understanding of those
1: yeah it's a very good point I think you know fundamentally the whole purpose of of perceptual countermeasures um, ought to be that people don't need training to understand uh, what they need to do but I think uh, what this uh, study has demonstrated and I'm, I'm glad you raised the point is that uh, without any prior as you say education um, around what these things actually mean, there are a lot of people out there who are not going to understand uh, what their intended purpose is in, intended purpose is and um, appreciate their uh, their effect but but having said that. Um, what I don't know, and I'm not sure that there's any research on this, is is if you do uh, make them aware and give them education around what these perceptual countermeasures mean, they will, in fact, have the intended effect. But but I think people are pretty clever. I think if you think about, you know, the approach to roundabouts, I think most people are pretty clear about what those lines are about, although we haven't done the research. Uh, but most of us sort of realise that um, uh, they're, they're on about sort of tricking us into uh, slowing down Uh, so look i don't have a you know maybe Prasanna or or mitch might have a take on it as well um you guys want to make a comment um at this stage i think we probably can't i think all we can say at the moment is that people don't understand um generally what the intended purpose is uh one other reason one other thing too is that um i just thought of that is that remember we only implemented these things in limited segments of the um, of the tunnel, if 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 the stop wall pattern and pacemaker lighting had been implemented implemented all the way through, and there was a longer exposure, they may in fact have um, better understood the intended purpose because the perceptual perceptual would have had the effect that we wanted them to have. So sorry for the long winded answer, but I think that's, that's all right.
6: No problem. So the next question is probably to Julius. Uh, how long was each of the drive, Julius? I think in time and in distance.
5: Yes, thank you. So basically what we did with the uh, the simulator was we took the technical drawings from the Sydney Harbour Tunnel, uh, the real Sydney Harbour Tunnel. We got the, out the cat drawings. We went to the uh, Sydney Harbour Tunnel to take some pictures that we use as the uh, template for the for the simulator environment that we created. So basically what, uh, the environment was created as a replication of uh, Sydney Harbour Tunnel, uh, Tunnels in Sydney. So the distance will be similar to the Sydney Harbour Tunnels which is uh, I think it's around one to two kilometres both ways in total because we also add uh, some additional open road sections in between and each drive will take around uh, three to four minutes to drive which uh, gives uh, participants sufficient exposure to the PCMs uh, uh, that were implemented in the tunnel. Yep.
6: All right, thanks, you And it sort of goes into the next question, which asks, why was the Sydney Harbour Tunnel chosen? Um, it was chosen because the University of New South Wales were the consultant, um, and also Bob Allen, who's the general manager of Sydney Harbour Tunnel, is also a member of the Austroge Task Force. So it made, uh, and also it was during a period of COVID, so it made some logical sense to use a tunnel that was closely related to the Osroads Tunnel Task Force and also close to the the contractor who was doing the work. Um, The next question is concerned slide 56. And the question is, um, in the proposed follow-up study, is there a reason why there is no fourth condition for or distraction plus the speedo turned off.
2: Uh, Mitch, would you like to have a go at that, or Chris?
4: Yeah, no, I think it's a good, uh, probably a good suggestion. We could add that in. Um, it makes sense to kind of round it off with those two two
2: independent variables. All right, so in.
6: When, if, if off roads follow up um, the additional research, these questions will be will be on record, so we can put that uh, to off roads. So the next question is slide fifty five, um, and the limit. The question is: Is a limitation in the study that it is not close to the real situation that the drivers face?
1: Uh, look, I'll, I'll answer that, and I think it's a um it's a totally pertinent question and and we considered this very carefully at the beginning um, we had uh, discussions with Jeff and um, and Jeff uh, sort of fielded uh, you know forwarded our discussions on and discussed this with the icebergs working group um, we thought in the beginning it would be better to go down that path to, to have people distracted for example to maximize the likelihood that the uh, PCMs would have an effect Um but uh, the, the feedback that we were getting from Australians is that they'd rather start off with, I suppose you could call it a sort of baseline condition, in which there was no confounding by uh, factors like distraction or fatigue or any, any, or uh, you know turning off the speedometer, um, to, to see basically what the effect would be of a countermeasure with light traffic, with no confounding factors. So it was a very simple. Um, it's a very simple answer. That's the way Australians wanted it to run, and so um, um, so we. we but having said that, we couldn't predict that you know having none of these confounding factors would result in um, them having no effect, uh, and uh, this is what we found. So sometimes in research, you you get a positive finding, and sometimes you get no um, treatment effect. So that's why I think the follow-on research is actually uh, very important. You know, these aren't very expensive experiments to conduct in virtual reality. Um, You know, and before you're going to get out and put expensive treatments in a a tunnel, um, um, you know, it's much easier to do this sort of research and systematically work out what are the factors that make the PCMs work in a tunnel environment and uh, which are the ones that don't. Good question. I think
6: also too, Osroads were very, I mean one of the requirements was that we wanted to make sure that the PCM itself was not a distraction to motorists and really the only way to do that is not to have any other distractions in the tunnel and that, as Mike says that was the deliberate decision by Osroads. So now we can say that pacemaker lighting by itself probably does not cause a distraction in a tunnel as it's operating. Mm-hmm.
4: Jeff, can I just also add into that? Um, there was another aspect as well. We, we made the deliberate decision not to have other vehicles in the tunnel as well. And again, that was not to, to ensure that we didn't murky the data. So we didn't want drivers to be modulating their speed based on a, another simulated vehicle. We wanted their, the perceptual countermeasure vision to be the real independent variable there and not other, other factors that would maybe confound the findings.
1: Yeah, there were some other vehicles, thanks for it's good point. There were some other vehicles in the tunnel, but um, they they went through at a speed um, that was uh, not likely to affect the speed of the uh, the host vehicle. so we're looking at, at free speed and free speed of
2: the host vehicle um, as influenced by the um, the PCM treatments. All right, so we're getting a few more questions
6: so um not sure who this one's to, but how how were the stripe wall markings and the pacemaker lighting designed that is the width of the stripe and how was this decided I think that'll be one for you Julius
5: yes thank you Mike Uh, yeah so we follow the recommendation piece in uh, Mancer and Hancock paper that we reference in the study so basically they did uh, another um, simulator study with this stripe wall pattern uh, although it's uh, a little bit different from what we did, but we follow the uh, basically the specification of the stripe wall pattern that they use. So the minimum uh, width of the stripe wall pattern is around seven meters, increasing linearly to thirty meters. So uh, that's what we did uh, and to replicate the Mansor and Hancock papers,
2: which yeah. Okay, and uh, sorry, I just want to add,
5: yeah, just a little bit uh, de- details to add. We also uh, choose the right color that uh, replicate the uh, pattern that used in Mansour and of paper, but we also uh, follow the guidelines from the uh, Sydney Arbor Tunnel Corporations to have the color that is not uh, still fulfill the safety requirements for the tunnels basically, yeah.
2: One thing I'll okay. just um sort of mention uh, not totally
1: related to what you've said is that you'll see when you read the report um there are an awful lot of pcms out there that we hadn't even realized existed and so one of the things that i think um was very useful um at least for us as researchers was to discover all of the pcms that are out there uh you know we narrowed it down to three we started started off with um Many more, Um, and many, many have been evaluated at least on surface roads. So, there is a like a
2: database out there of um, information already, but not so much, unfortunately,
6: for tunnels. Sorry, Jeff. No, that's that's fine. So, the next one's about um, pacemaker lighting. With the pacemaker lighting, did you use variable traffic volumes within the model? And with the comment, it would be un, it would be interesting to understand how participants perceive the pacemaker lighting with consideration to traffic conditions around them.
2: Um well maybe Julius can um
1: answer part of that, but the bottom line is that we didn't. Um and that and that would be an interesting thing to look at. That would be another variable that you could look at, at traffic density, but we didn't manipulate that as an independent variable in this study. Uh, Julius,
5: did you want to add to that? Uh, yes, meg I don't have much to add, but yes, as you mentioned, we didn't put a lot of traffic into the cosmical, uh lighting tunnels because we want to compare a uh, baseline and the treated tunnels. The baseline has not much traffic, so it's understandable that we also didn't put uh, much traffic in the basemical lighting. But that's uh, definitely something that is uh, quite interesting to test uh, if there's a of study in this for example and the way we uh, replicate the base micro lighting is also exactly the same as what is uh, currently implemented in the Japanese tunnel uh, which is a real tunnel at the moment
6: all right thanks Julius um, there's a couple of questions left but I think it's the is it um, the end of the Q&A time and if it is we can we can respond back to these questions after the after the um, webinar
0: we still have five minutes jeff well, okay so we can the witness
6: sorry no worries um a comment uh the short tunnel re- did the short tunnel reduce the ability for drivers to understand and learn the purpose of the treatment
2: um, i think i think it's a very good
6: uh
1: question and it gets back to the point i raised before that um as much the fact that it was not so much the fact that it was a short tunnel i think probably but the fact that the treatment was only implemented at particular segments within the tunnel rather than throughout the whole tunnel uh, but it is possible um and i don't know julius if you know how long the the tunnel in japan was
2: i can't remember do you know if it was much longer than the sydney harbour tunnel in each direction
5: um, not from the top of my uh, head, Mike, but its I know it's similar in length to the Sydney Upper tunnels, probably around one to two kilometers. But uh, the difference, the main difference that I think is that they have longer exposure because this one is a real tunnel. So uh, the study was conducted over five months uh, period. So people has more time to actually uh, drive through the tunnels and feel the bismic lighting and yeah the novelty I think the novelty effect uh, wears off during that time which is not happening with uh, our project I guess yeah so I think I think
1: these questions are great because they're really illustrating um, I suppose the complexities in trying to fine-tune a PCM uh, to an environment like this in a tunnel when there are so many variables that could um, come together
2: uh you know to um, that, that could impact the um, the effectiveness of the PCM and the re- research basically hasn't been done uh, to that level at the moment.
6: thanks Mike. so the next question I can answer. Um, there was no research done in the combination of the PCM treatments. it was purely um each PCM was tested um as a standalone activity.
1: Um, Uh, What we can say though, Jeff, is that um, we, in uh, getting back to Mitch's reporting of the statistical um, analyses, we did look at at the effect of pacemaker lighting, for example, on lateral position. We didn't expect that it would have an effect on lateral position and similarly with the slight war patterns. um, But we did in fact find that there are a couple of effects that came out, possibly anomalous effects. So, in that sense, we we did actually look at individual PCM impacts on more than just
2: uh, one um, uh, driving performance measure. Yep,
6: good point. Mm. Uh, Just a note from Bob Ellen from Sydney Harbour Tunnel. The Sydney Harbour Tunnel is 2.3k long. So, Um, so have you found the effect of of a speed drop in zones 5 and 10 for PCMs 1 and 2 compared to the baseline case?
2: I'm gonna to have to defer to someone for that one. I'm <laughs> not sure. Uh, what I might do is, if they no reconnect, can... take it offline. Or yeah,
1: look, it's 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 probably a complicated one. We can simple simple once
2: we get to the data. But um, what do you think, Mitch? We um, get back to
6: the. I think it'd be nice to yeah look at the data. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we'll um. So the person who asked that question, Osroads, um, will get back to you. And then the final question we've got is, for the striped wall findings, what do you believe the impacts would be for this treatment if a tunnel with grade and curve changes? Sorry, if the tunnel was what? The For the stripe wall findings, what do you believe the impacts would be for this treatment in a tunnel with grade and curve changes? Well, we did actually
2: have grade and curve changes in a tunnel um, and the
1: stock war pattern i think from memory julius uh, was implemented um, in uh, uh segments that did contain um curves and grade changes
5: that's right mike yeah uh so based on the feedback that we got from the uh, sydney orbital operators one of the uh, focus area is near to the entrance uh, tunnel uh, entrance portal of the Cineapa tunnels where there is a significant grid changes. I think it's almost eight eight uh, percent. So that's why we uh, implement this at that uh, particular sections, Mike. Thanks, Joyce.
6: All right, so that's come to the end of the questions. There's a couple more questions, but um, I think Osroads we can get back to those people who asked those questions. So, um...
0: thank you. Thanks so much, Jeff. Yes, correct. Uh, We will prepare a written response and send it to you after the session. Thanks again everybody uh, for a great presentation and a fantastic project Um, and before we wrap up I just wanted to say that we have one more webinar coming up, uh, and if people in the audience are interested in project management, so uh, please join us. In the next session, we will talk about the updates uh, to the guide to project delivery. So we have added some new content, uh, including the principles and advantages of link construction and digital engineering. So for more information and to register, please visit our website, or you can also subscribe to our newsletter for alerts uh and as usual uh once we close out today's session uh, a questionnaire will pop up on your screen please take a few minutes uh to let us know what you liked what you didn't like and what suggestions you have for next sessions um once again the session is being recorded and we will let you know when uh, the link is published on our website um, thanks again everyone uh, stay well and safe and enjoy the rest of your day we'll see you next time thank you